The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Yes, everybody. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the ships at sea. This is Dave, and this is the Boston Podcast. Welcome to it, where we tell the stories of your city and the voices of your city are heard. And uh, I welcome Michael Milt Wolf from New York. From New York. New York. The New York. Your number one guest. Your number one guest is back. My, the only New York person that's allowed on this podcast, as far as I'm concerned, but he joined. Holy crap. Is that true? Well, so like, far. I, I literally, the only outs, I mean, it is the Boston Podcast Network, but. Well, yeah, right. That's right. It's not Pod 212, although someday there may be. That's a teaser. Ooh, hint, um, hint. But the fact of the matter is that, um, Neither Derek Jeter nor Joey Butterfuco have returned my calls, so that's why they haven't I'm, been I'm on third yet. choice. Yeah. I don't know why that's I thought fine. of Joey. Was he New Jersey or New York? One of those, right? Butterfuco? No, I think he was uh, He might have been Long Island. I don't know. Ancient yeah. history. All right. There you go. Uh, the Boston Podcast is sponsored, ladies and gentlemen, by the U.S. Postal Service. The Postal Service is the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today at usps.com backslash careers. U.S. Postal Service. Deliver for the nation. Plenty of good work down at the post office, Milt. I mailed something at good. the post office today. Well, I had a terrific experience. I, I put a stamp on an envelope, and I stuck it in a box, yep. and it will get where it's supposed to go. Just keep talking about sticking things in boxes, and our <laughs> ratings go up, 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 up. On the Boston Podcast, we tell the stories. Sometimes we even sing the songs, and today we're talking about the songs. It is, ladies and gentlemen, the top summer songs of all time, of all time. Friday. Yes. Friday is the first day of summer. You know what? I'm glad that Friday is the first day of summer, because I thought I read or heard somewhere that summer had already started, and don't oh. you don't you hate when it goes by too quickly? Don't you hate that? And you miss it. Right? Yeah. You want to ca- catch the moment. You want to catch the fever. Exactly. And sometimes, like, it'll be, you know, and you do that thing in your head, at least I do, where it's like, 4th of July, okay, that this is really just the beginning of the summer. It's just getting started. And then it's like July 19th, and you're like, okay, oh, no. you still got, <laughs> uh, I still got a few fun things planned. And then it's <laughs> August 10th, and you're like, fuck, it's almost what over. Did I, do? <laughs> I know. Didn't do anything. Didn't do any of the things I said I was going to do this summer. Mm hmm. But so summer just feels different, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Everything feels. The movies feel different. Obviously, yeah. the weather feels different. You know, oh, yeah. you've got the shorts on, and the and the songs sound different. And yeah. you know, we should be clear, by the way, when we're talking about songs of the summer, we're not talking about you know people pick like the the song of the summer, right? You know, as being just the biggest hit that summer that was played the most. No, these are songs about how great summer is, right? That's that's right. So you and I, we didn't have a long discussion, and by that I mean we didn't have any discussion, about the rules of this, but I think we settled in the same place, and that is that if we have a... It, obviously, a song that has summer in the title is is certainly eligible. A song about the summer, a song where there's sort of a theme running through it about summer's past or the, you know, the nostalgia of summer, whatever, throw all those in, right? Done. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Love it. All right. I got my gin and tonic sitting right next to me. I've uh, got the heat, you know, the heat <laughs> lamp working so I can feel as if summer has already begun. I'm ready to roll. I got my air conditioning going on in the studio and it's it's a little sticky in here. So it's definitely feeling like summer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Would you like So we each have a list of 5. Yeah. And uh, would you like to go uh, first or second? No, I'm happy to. I go first. Get me you, over with. Okay. Yeah, let's get you over with. Uh, so your first one and I have these queued up, uh, Milt, so you, 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 uh, you tell me when you start. Give us a little sort of teaser about the song, and at some point I'll... I'll uh, you know, number five um, is a song, one of those songs that I think we probably love a little more because the video kind of became a huge thing, um, and that is uh, Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Here it comes. 
This is a good choice. I would have put it on my list. Ooh, I beat you to it. You, huh? Yeah, you, you, you beat me to this one. Milt submitted his list to me, so I, I let him have his five. So, um, yeah, I happen to have the video on my screen, and it's the, you know, it's the black and white. It's the, the couple running across uh, the beach, and then it's these guys, these shirtless guys jumping in the air nonsensically, which I guess they're playing volleyball in front of a chain-link fence or something. I never understood really, that. You're <laughs> simplifying. It's a, yeah. it's a song, and it's a video that's about nostalgia, right? And right. One of the, summer is not only great as you're experiencing it, but you always remember summer as being sort of the prime moments of your life. And, you know, you've got in the video, you have, it's playing scenes sort of behind him as he's singing, sort of, right. you could tell that it's sort of in his mind what's being represented on that screen. Yeah, the there's a, there, actually, it's like up. a home movie, Milt. It's a, it's literally a home movie. He's, it's a he's home playing movie. The, yeah, go ahead. And, and frankly, it contains one of my, uh, my favorite lyrics that sort of, uh, I remember the first time I heard it, it hit me hard when he says towards the end of the song, he says, um, out on the road today, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. That's a little it, yeah. voice inside my head said, don't look back. You can never look back. I mean, that's, that's songwriting. I it's mean, that, uh, yeah. And it's rare. And I remember saying at the time, I thought I was such a, uh, visionary. I remember telling my brother, he always reminds me that I said this. That, that when this song came out, I said, this is the only classic song of the 80s. There, there will not be another no. classic song. And I was wrong in a matter of speaking, but in another way, it, it's, it does have a special place because the moment it came out, you could hear it kind of had this timeless feel to it. Uh, I mean, the, the video is a little cheesy. You know, he's, he's, he's looking right. a little bit too serious at us when he's, you know, uh, got his oh, wife, wife hairs on. Serious, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a serious man. He oh, doesn't yeah. mess around. But that you're right in that that song felt iconic the day it came right, out. Right, right, right. Yep. And, and um, it was up to it. And it's one of those songs that obviously it is about summer, more about like I said that nostalgia feel. But it's one of those songs that I've heard a thousand times. I don't turn it off I'm when I hear you. it on the radio. I'm with you. Yeah, it's been it's been covered uh, not that well by others. No, yeah. and you just want to hear the original. Yeah, these this part of the song. If you listen for a sec here. It just, it feels sad in a in a nostalgic way, you know. There's good sad and there's bad sad. There's there's bad sad like when your dog dies, you're fucking sad. But the good sad is like you you remembering something good that's no that's that's ending, you know. And this song, the first line, nobody on the road, nobody on the beach. It's about the end of summer. It's about that's right. you, you know you yeah, had a, you're lamenting. Yeah, you're lamenting that it's over, and you look back with fondness. But so this is that's a great it. pick. As a as a footnote, um, I'll point out that there was uh, this funny sort of summer camp version of an urban legend at the summer camp I attended. That this dude named Irwin, who we went to camp with, had written the song "The Boys of Summer." Oh really? And to this oh, day, funny. there are a couple people. This this kid was a nice kid and kind of talented and kind of weird, but he 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 had this habit of making shit up. And so and so, I am ninety nine percent sure he made up that he wrote. I mean, you know, you can look up who wrote "Boys of Summer." I assume it was Don Henley or one of his cohorts or whatever. Erwin uh, claimed it was him, and Irwin. he claimed he claimed Irwin's a fucking liar. He is a liar, and there was this road that ran through the middle of camp, and so someone said, "No, he wrote it about the last days of summer camp. Nobody on the road, nobody on the beach. You know, the beach being the lake of like, okay, don't, <laughs> that's really not that specific to our camp, you know? Uh, uh, please, so you know, I have a friend, a good buddy of mine, growing up, who has a college buddy who insists he wrote the Seinfeld double dip sketch." Oh. and sent it in as a <laughs> spec script that which got rejected and then put into an episode he insists that's yeah, what happened that is uh crazy and it's possible why, he, he might as well have gone full costanza and said you know i once told a woman i invented the phrase pardon my french <laughs> remember <that? laughs> all right number four we move right. on to number four on your list number four we're gonna we're gonna kind of it's already we got a mellow groove going on but now we're gonna get kind of smooth and sexy which is a little weird because i'm about to use the phrase DJ Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince in his sentence. Yeah. With summertime. Here it comes. Another good pick. You're, you're two for two, in my opinion. I defy you to find somebody who didn't love this song when it first came out. I didn't. I actually was disappointed when it first came out. 
Really? It, it, this, but this is the classic song that grew that grew on me, and the reason why is because I liked his. Uh, you know, I I was a sucker for his full pop, you know, mode, uh, getting jiggy with it, just like the beats and the and the rhymes and and all that. And this was a departure. In fact, it it says in the song something about this no, is a little break from the norm. Yes, right? yeah, exactly. It is. It was for him. It was a real. It was a slow groove, but really grew on me. Go ahead. Tell oh, me why works. you like it. Tell me why. You no, like it. it works. It's just. Um, like I said, you kind of it. It reminds me of a kind of this kind of groove feeling when you're sitting at a barbecue. You've opened up a couple of beers. The music is playing, yep. maybe this song, and you just kind of get this kind of smile on your face where you just it feels like you are satisfied yep. in a song. You know, the rap itself is not anything particularly to break out about. Let, I mean, we're allowed to say this. The Fresh Prince. Will Smith is not the greatest rapper of all time. He has no. a good musical sense, but you know, I wouldn't say he's the, our, our finest lyricist ever. Right? No, he's he's probably a better actor than he is a, he, a rapper. He was a he was a storytelling lyricist, right? Yeah. He would like you know, from the beginnings, is all about what he was doing as a teenager, right? Yeah. So this was part of that, right? right? And it just works, and I it, I just feel satisfied when I hear this song, um, and I'm thinking about you know that 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 summertime barbecue. This yeah, works perfectly for that. You know what? You not to get too you know uh, deep on this, but there there is a certain. I, I remember once being in Kennebunkport, and a few of us were kind of out by a pool, and the sun had finally come out after a day of rain, and we were drinking draft beers. I remember, and by the third beer, I just remember thinking, "Man, this feels good. Like this feels good. Water, sun." Beer. I mean, and it just it, it, it kind of hits you, and it you can't get that feeling in February. You know, you, you, when you're you know sitting at the table eating a pizza and drinking the same exact beer. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. Okay. On another note, DJ Jazzy Jeff is he like pissed off right now? No, he's he's hanging out with the bar, getting shit faced with Andrew Ridgely and John Oates. I think that's what's rough, going on man. there. DJ Jazzy Jeff and Alex Winter you, from Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. His name, by the way, is Jeffrey Allen Towns, and he's fifty-four years old. You want to date ourselves? There you Jesus. go. Jesus. Well, Will Smith's got to be ballpark the same, right? Summertime actually was their most successful single. Wow, never would have guessed more it. than Parents Don't Just un, Just Don't Understand. Yeah, it was number four on the Billboard Hot 100. So wow. there you go. And it stood the test of time, in my mind. People get annoyed by it because it's been overplayed, but so are all these songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on to number three. Good. And number three is a little complicated. All right. Yep. Because I'm going to say the name of the song, but you're not going to know who it's by. The song itself is "Summer Breeze," mm -hmm. originally by Seals and Crofts. Here's the original. But made funkier, and this is the version you're playing now. No, no, I'm playing nicely. Oh, you're playing the original. This is the original. No, this is Seals yeah. and Crofts. No, Did this you, is you know. No, hold 70s. on, hold on, Milt. No, this is the Isley Brothers, right? Yeah, but it's not the mix one. Hold on, no. hold everything. Stop. Okay. Well, I'll just play the one that you told me to play. The good one. You want me to play the good one? Well, I thought I thought you were going to start with the Isley Brothers, and then I'll play. You know, there were three versions of that yeah, song. Yeah, that's why you're fucking confusing me. How many breezes can we have here? We get a fucking tsunami. You want me? You want the right. fuck? Play the uh, play the Isley Brothers version. That's what I was doing okay. first. All right, exactly. Here we go. I actually don't even recognize this song. No, they were not the original. The original was Seals and Crofts, so they okay. remade it. Yeah. And I think it's a great song. Then a few years ago, right. a DJ, this was not that long ago, remixed it. And I think his name is Philip Steyer. Do you have that queued up? I do. Let's take Play a listen it, to that. Oh, man, I love it. Here it comes. Now, this takes the Seals and Crofts version and adds some hip-hop beats to it. And I think it's great. Okay. Let's take a listen. Funky. Yep. <laughs> it 
somebody not cooked, getting to the lyrics. Well, or somebody cooked up a video to this, and it's just a shot of watermelon, <laughs> and <laughs> and now it's a Ferris wheel. I'm gonna guess a lemonade next. No, it's a beach. Should have guessed that. That was obvious. Oh, I know this song. Everybody knows this song. Yeah. Okay. You know the song. There's another Ferris wheel on my screen. This is Seals and Crocs. Ooh, Let's get to the chorus. That's funky. It, yeah, you hear it, yeah. right? Yeah, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to the chorus here. We have to. Makes, makes me feel fine. He's trying to do the upper harmony. Uh, it is one of those courses yep. that is just indelible. Summer breeze yep. makes me feel fine. I love it. And you know what? The Isley Brothers added a little guitar riff to it that sounded a little cooler and, and, and heavier. And then these guys made that sort of hip-hop mix to it that just works. And it's another one. You can clearly tell how I view Summer. Yeah. I view sm Summer as this kind of like oceans, waves, and wind blowing happy Mellow. vibe yeah. and this fits for that for me in a big yeah. way all right like, how often like can it. a song be remade multiple times and still be good it's pretty good yeah um the answer is seven no it's not That's it's seven. not no it's not all right we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of your top yep. five we go to number two and my number two has been remade very badly but the original can't be beaten. It's very sad, the story behind the song. But it's Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. You got it? I got it. Here it comes. Come on, Otis. My man. Here it comes. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes mm. Watching <laughs> the ships roll in then I watch him roll Is that Chauncey the dog chiming in? That was him. He loves he his likes song. The song. Sure he does. Watching the tide. Alright, don't sing along. You're <laughs> I'm ruining it. No, in for two reasons. One, you're singing. And number two, you because you're patched in remotely, you're like a split second behind, so it's giving me a headache. Anyway. All right. Well, that's we got a nice sampling of uh, yeah. It's, there. it's a very it's a sad song because it was the biggest hit of his career, but it was released shortly after he died. Oh. Um, so he never got to experience the success it was. But it's a there's a the visual image of this song is perfect. It actually does. It's not explicit about summertime. I guess you could sit in the dock of the bay whenever the hell you want. But there's something about that feeling of sitting at the edge of a dock. That's my happy place. If you put me on a lake. And I sit on a dock and just listen to the water and the and the wind and you know things. That's my happiness. Sitting there watching the tide roll away, that works for me. And I every, love this song. That explains why every time I tell you to go jump on a fucking lake, you just smile. I love it. You just smile. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, Otis Redding, man. Otis. What, did, he, a, did he die? I don't tragically or something. I don't even remember. Yeah, I think it was a plane crash. It was oh. definitely a crash of some kind, and he never. It was right as he was about to become like a popular mainstream. So he was a huge sensation on the soul charts, the soul and R&B charts. Otis Redding was always at the top of the charts, but he never crossed over until this song. But he wasn't alive to uh, to experience it. Very sad. All right. Well, we remember him. In the summer and occasionally in other climates. Because we're up to your number one, so the, the fans have been waiting. This might be slightly controversial because uh, yeah, to, right? to, because it's not. Uh, well, I can. I don't. I know you wouldn't mind me saying that. So summer is not in the title. No. But you tell us why you selected this song number one. I'm ready to to because to roll it, it is about summer. And you know what it does? I think it does what Boys of Summer does and does it better. Yep. And that song is Night Moves by Bob Seger. Here it comes. Good tune. I haven't heard this in a while. So, kind of nice. Love it. Yeah. I was a little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering renown. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own, sudden way up high 
firm and high Out past the cornfields where the woods got heavy Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues Working on our night moves So, I do have one question. Yeah. Who would win in a howl off between Bob Seeger and Michael McDonald? And then if their beards fought, which beard would win? Because um, <laughs> and has anyone Bob seen them in Seeger the Seeger has more food in his beard. <laughs> right. And Michael McDonald just has more saliva. Like there's just <laughs> spit flowing out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. But Seeger's got like corn dogs stuck in it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you got lost in the woods with that guy, you're good for a couple weeks. You're just, oh, you're just feed, feeding off of his uh, his leftover Look, beard food. Working on our night moves yeah. in the sweet summertime. That's that's you know. And Seeger talks also like in a Henley about way about looking back on great times. In this case, he's talking about you know learning how the world works. Well, sexually when it comes to that, but looking back on fond times and and remembering summers of discovery. And um, this song is funky soul you know it's white man's blue-eyed soul in a way yeah but um i'm I, I don't know about you this is one of those few songs that i get moved almost any time i hear it the the part where he says you know i woke last night to the sound of thunder and yep. started humming a song from 1962 yep. I, you know no it's 1962 i wasn't even born but the the idea of looking back on summer's past and uh you know wish that you didn't uh have as much to lose as you do now back our youth those summers of our youth where we could get away with everything we could do whatever we wanted we were free to discover and we had a you know we had people who were willing to do that discovery with us if you know what i'm saying yeah those were uh, you know i love this song on all levels and i think the reason why i put this you know i had henley at number five and this is number one is i think this song they have similar themes that this just does a little bit better. But yep. I, when I think of summer, when this song comes out too, because he's singing about that sweet summertime and right. uh, it puts me back in that state of mind. Hold on, here we go. How far off I sat and wondered. Started humming a song from 1962. And it's funny how the night moves. He was, he's just like, I'm the man. I don't have to. I just don't seem to have as much to lose. I, I need no band for this part, you know. Yeah. A couple of strums. Yeah. I get chills when this yeah. part comes up. I'm serious. Call, call me old-fashioned here, and it's classic rock, you know, staple. But I this song this song gets to me. Isn't it? I'm choking up. I'm choking it, up, too. Give me a tissue. Um, it, <laughs> well, isn't it interesting how... So far, I I don't think it's a stretch to say every song on your list and probably every song on my list is about nostalgia, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, like, yeah. and I guess you'd say, well, of course. I mean, we're talking about summer's past. Well, what? Because you're talking about tradition. When you talk about the notion of summer, obviously, you got to think about past summers. The the upcoming summer hasn't happened yet, but nevertheless, um, there's there's something about recalling those senses, sounds smells that instantly takes you back to past summers and then inevitably you get sad <laughs> so Is a lot there of these anything better than the summers of our youth yeah and i yeah, guess right. you're right all right but you know and we're all trying to recapture that every summer now we never right. quite do you right. know right. it's right. like new year's eve never lives up to its hype right and it's yeah. hard to recapture the summer essence but boy those summers when we were when we were kids mm-hmm. there's nothing better that's right. That's right. So you're right. Maybe I'm a little, you know, a little too nostalgic in some of this, but um, I, I still, I like how these songs put me in that state of mind, and it's not like I'm crying. You know, it just it makes me feel good. I, I think you were crying, and I, I think our, our listeners are disappointed, and. Yeah, and uh, a little disturbed. Disturbic, right. Yeah. No, that's good. It, if you can cry in a podcast, that you're a potential award winner. That's what I've learned. So cry, oh, so break out those bit. tissues. Before we get to my list, let me take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com backslash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the United States Postal Service works to 
together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop an advanced career, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website. Once again, USPS.com backslash careers. It's the policy of the service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. Apply today. The website, once again, usps.com slash careers. United States Postal Service deliver for the nation. If I keep reading this, maybe I'll get to meet Newman at some point. Do you think? Big fan. I'm yeah. a big fan of the yeah. Postal Service. Yeah, those people on. those people do good work. I'm and, sorry. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you um, for talking up our sponsor. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, they're, they're not going anywhere. You think Just when you think they're going to be eliminated by UPS and DHS and whatever else. Yes. So on to my list. Um, mine, Clearly inferior list, as they always are. You haven't even fucking out. heard it yet, so shut up. But... Um, but I, I think I will be true to Dave, and that is that you, you're a, a huge music guy. Uh, I am as well, but you, you tend to uh, lean a little more towards classic, like really sort of fundamentally sound music a little bit more than I. I kind of go and for I the... dig a little more R&B, I think, yep. maybe, than you do, right? Yeah. yeah. You're a little more soulful, and I'm a little more big, shiny thing, you know? <laughs> I have more soul, and you are sort of just a surface-level kind of guy. Yeah, you're getting it. Thank you. Yeah, right. we're all in this together. Yeah, but uh, as a great man once said, it is better to look good than to feel good, and you can you know draw a parallel there. This first song on my list, number five, reminds me of the summer of 1984, and it was a memorable summer for me, 16 years old. I don't know if I had a girlfriend, but I probably got a couple of kisses uh, that summer. At camp, I was a counselor in training. And this song was often playing. And uh, also from a Boston band. And Milt, see, see how long it takes you to recognize this one. This, this is the Cars, isn't it? You got it. The name of the song is Magic. Now, do you remember what was going on in the video? Remember, I'll tell you in a minute. Summer, it turns me upside down. Summer, summer, summer. It's like a merry go round. Now the cars were an interesting case. They were one of the more, I'd say, divisive bands among music fans. They, they were terrible. In concert, but their but their album but their music was was innovative. It was it was they were techno before techno was techno. They were from Boston, but they didn't look anything like they were from Boston. They dressed like they were from England, and um, everyone uh, men had a little bit of contempt for Rick Ocasek because he he somehow against all odds landed Por- Paulina Poroskova as a as a love interest. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. So oh my goodness. So this is just like. It's just a happy song about the summer. The video was probably one of the most talked about of its era. It features Rick Ocasek walking on water in the middle of a pool. And for the and if you look close, you can see he's standing on a glass plate. But usually you can't. And for the, its time, it was um, it was kind of a cool thing. It's like, have you seen that? Have you seen that? So that's uh, the Cars. Did you like yeah, the cars? cars? Yeah. Look, look, the Cars debut album. Titled the, the Epi- car, the Epinon Epinonymous. What's that word? Eponymous. Epon- oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Who are you? What's what's happened? To that's you? there's a word for it. The name is named the same or whatever. It's the self-titled self the cars. Yeah, is one of the great. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's time. what do you mean? It's self-titled. Who else is going to title it? It's their <laughs> yeah, album. So They're going to. There yeah. you go. There the cars. Go. The cars. The cars. The cars. It, you're right. That is a tremendous album, but it's this weird. It's not on it. This was in no. their later stage where they got a little. Uh, poppy for some people. Although when you really listen to the music, it's not all that different. I think the early albums were a little bit more punk new wave influenced. The later ones were a little bit more pop, but most bands go through that evolution. Well, uh, they had that, they came out with the song 
you might think you might think I'm foolish, yeah, and the the, it was the a great video, that crazy yeah. animated video, right? Yeah, it was groundbreaking for its animation, and the sort of word on the street was there were no instruments in the song; <laughs> it's all just <laughs> computer. And if you listen, that might have been the case. It's like beep 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 beep. It's a bunch of beeps and boops. It's, a ca- <laughs> it's actually a catchy song, but it, it's funny. It hasn't really stood up. You don't hear that song very often, do you? No, because it's too poppy. You hear that other song, Drive, more often, the ballad. You know, the, the, the bass line, the doom, doom, yep. doom, who's going to take you, boo? Doom, doom, yep. doom. Anyway, we just put your listeners to sleep. But yeah, the Cars, quality band, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you could sort of, that first album was so good, though, kind of like Nirvana's, that it sort of just pushed them into classic status, no matter what followed. But they put together a pretty good career. Yep, okay. To get the other painfully pop song on my list out of the way, I'm going to play it right now. Oh. <laughs> Got to find a place for Katrina and the Waves. Katrina. He's a banker and she's a stripper. Can they find love? Comedy ensues as Brenda and James try to make it in the city of New York. Will they overcome all the wacky misunderstandings when they go away for the vacation in the Hamptons? I don't know. It was like basically every 80s comedy featured this this song. I guess most notably Secret of My Success, right? But it was in others. I think it was in the movie Big as well. Well, you know, it, what, what's interesting is choosing the song is it was also in a movie we talked about last week, which was High Fidelity, one of my favorite yep. movies about music, when uh, the Jack Black character, who's a, you know, was a music snob working in a record store, insists on playing the music over loud when he gets right. to the uh, to the store one day. Um, but it also speaks to the fact that here's a music snob who loves this song. You know, yeah. sometimes there are pop songs that are just better than you want them to be. Yep. And this is one of them. You cannot deny the hook. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You 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 just put it in a nutshell. It's it's painfully pop. You you can it's easily it's easy to make fun of. I mean, the group Katrina the Waves, oh, they're a one-hit wonder band. And it it but and yet, yeah, it it reminds me of like a Dave Navarro in in his now somehow in his soothsaying years. He's he's like Rock's new philosopher. He's <laughs> I remember a few years ago he said Call Me Maybe is one of my favorite songs of the year. And if you don't like that, fuck you. I like that song, you know. And it was, it, this this was that song of its era, you could argue. You know, it was, it's, it, it defines, it's just so fucking catchy. I mean, it, and, and it make it sort of makes you want to, pardon me, it sort of makes you want to dance in the same silly way that Jack Black dances in High Fidelity. He just comes out, he starts waving his arms around crazy, like, woo! You know, <laughs> you're right. It yeah. gives you an excuse to yeah. look like an idiot, right. right? Which we all want to do, especially in summer. That's right. There you go. And yeah, in the By summer, way, I saw yeah. Katrina in the Waves live in concert. Whoa! It was uh, they were opening at Jones Beach, I think, for the Beach Boys. So talk about summer, right? Mm-hmm. They were opening, and it was one of those uh, so sad things because you know they had to play a set of like eight songs or whatever, six songs. I don't know what it was, and. Nobody wanted to hear any of them until yep. the last song, where, of course, they had to play this. Kept, you could almost they, see it in the band's face. They were like, oh, here we go. <laughs> play Walking on Sunshine! <laughs> <laughs> For Christ's sake, play it! And then play it again! And then leave. Uh, and then leave. Yeah. Who well, did you say they were opening up for? The, uh, I think it was the Beach Boys. Beach Ooh, Boys. is that your number three? I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head. How about that for a segue? Shame on me for missing this one. I hear the sound of a gentle mood On the way that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm picking up if you don't bop a little bit when the backup vocals start bopping, then you can get the bop out of here. Like that's uh, th- this song. Now listen, for summer songs, there are probably about a dozen you could have picked from the Beach Boys, and some people would say Surfing USA. But 
Um, I've just I have a newfound love for this song in part inspired by that the, the movie which uh, now I'm gonna forget the name of it but the biopic of uh, about Brian Wilson what's it called something in pain love and joy and mercy. love and mercy thank you and there's a scene where he's putting together this song with just great amazing detail and it, it makes you go back and listen to all the instruments everything going on she's giving me but what else could you want for the summer than good vibrations you know it's synonymous with you know sun good tunes a couple of beers good vibes right do you remember was it sunkissed that put this in their commercials like in the 80s i, I wouldn't be surprised you could not get away from this song yep. when sunkissed that orange soda i don't even does sunkissed even exist anymore i don't know does Orange Crush still exist? Orange Crush. Does Orange Soda Diet Apple exist? Slice. Yeah. You ever have Diet oh. Apple Slice? That was my mom's favorite <laughs> oh. soda. Good God. Sweet Lord, no. I would always be able to say to my friends, they'd be like, hey, man, you got any beer? And I'd be like, no, but I got Diet Apple Slice. I made mm-hmm. a lot of friends. <laughs> but All no, right. Sunkiss played that because it was, too, it was such a catchy, great, feel-good song. And no wonder a commercial wants to feature it, right? Yeah. it It's just kind of canned goodness. So you like the pick? Oh, I love the pick. Yeah, I'm mad that I that I missed it. And it's also it's made even more interesting because not only is it a complex song, but you know, Brian Wilson was a fucking mess when he made it, a depressed disaster of a mess, and yet he made one of the feel good songs ever. Right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's almost as if he went mad creating this song, and yet, yeah, you right, know, kind of right. like Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart style, and and uh, and uh, but he gave us a, a gem, so. Good vibration. So well, yeah, good yeah. Pick. So good, my list goes from the sappy pop to the classic rock to the the very edge of seventies rock and roll. So uh, I don't need to tell music fans that that's the voice of Joey Ramone and the Ramones. Uh, Joey, rest in peace. He died like two years ago, maybe? Isn't yeah, that right? recently. Yeah. Not that long ago. And I don't know. I admit this uh, This wasn't triggered to me immediately. I admit I went to and kind of browsed a list of summer songs, and I thought, you know what? This is a good one because it's, it's rocking it. I mean, when the song starts, it could be one of like ten different Ramon songs. Let's face it, but but um, you know they're rocking down the beach. They're rocking out to Rockaway Beach, and so I just dig the song. That's all. Thoughts? You know what? It's very funny. Last week uh, we were on vacation last week, and we rented a car which had Sirius XM in it, and we were listening to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame channel, and a song by the Ramones came on. It wasn't Rockaway Beach. It, it, I think it was "I Want to Be Stated." No surprise. Yeah. And my kids were like, what the hell is this? This is awful. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it made me realize, you know, it's pop music to us, right? And it was hard rock. All the, you know, the the um, the punk uh, kind of attitude and rhythm has become so sort of uh, regular now. All they could hear was the fact that, you know, he doesn't have such a good voice, you right. know, because the... the He's like, well, it's just some regular song with a really bad singer on it. They yeah. couldn't hear it for what it was. Well, no there were plenty of bad singers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, I'm, yeah, uh, no and I, I say that in all seriousness. But the punk thing, yeah, the, the, it, it's probably a combination of his, his voice being rough and hardly melodic. And then there are stretches of the song where it sounds like they're just playing the same chord over and over again. Rapidly. Well, there were. Yeah, right. No, 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 I mean, that's <laughs> what it was. That's what it was. But you know, it makes you want a headbang. You know, it makes you want. Yeah, you. Well, and I did. I did such the dad thing when they started bitching about it. I said, you know, there'd be no Green Day if it wasn't for the remotes, which is like such a fucking dad thing to do. You know, like, oh, you like that rap music, but if it wasn't for James Brown, you'd have no rap. I know, oh, I know. What, what is happening? You want to hear a real song, you listen to right. the hardest working man in soul right here. 
Uh, Let me play some Engelbert Humperdinck for you, and then you'll be blown away. Yep, you got it. Is that your number? Is that your number one? Engelbert? Uh, No, close second. Close second. Uh, Yes. Um, Give it to me. Getting a blowjob on the beach by Engelbert Humperdinck. I mean, Mm -hmm. tears come to my eyes when I think about it. No, uh, the 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 number one should be obvious to you. It's not, I guess, huh? Once you once you'll hear it, you'll be like, oh Jesus! And here it is. Oh, of course. <laughs> I got my first real six string. Rolled out the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Was a summer of 69. Okay, I don't know if I'm proud of this pick, but I think I am because although Brian Adams is not. You know, he's not a modern day Sinatra. He's not a modern day anything. He's he's this uh, you know relatively nice guy from Canada that put some catchy songs together. But people freak over this song, so I pick it kind of because I like it. But it's not like I'm queuing it up every day of the summer. But it's it it it's did exactly what it set out to do. It's nostalgia. It's immediately recognizable. It's it's got this uh, this hook you recognize, and then it's got this this tradition. In other words, it's played every summer, every and every time he goes on concert, he can do that stupid thing where he changes sixty nine to whatever the year is, you know, right. <laughs> summer of eighty seven. So it, the the port sap has been doing it for like what thirty years now uh, or more, I think, right? So, in fact, it used to go, you know, summer of. 87 or 92 and now he's got to go the summer of 19 uh ought four you know anyway um but it's uh you know when the song came out it was i think it was a little bit of a joke because brian adams was like nine years old in the summer of 69 and he wasn't a, a teenager you know running around writing songs and whatever else it, it was a great song i remember when it first came out being confused by it yeah. because i remember you know, Brian Adams is marketed as this young guy, right? You know, like a young rock god or whatever. Yeah. And then he was, but he was singing about, you know, remembering how great it was back in right '69. I was like, wait a minute. And you know what? That's, and then I found out in '69 he would have been ten years old. I so just, I just said that. All you, a bunch of bullshit. I, I said that earlier in the podcast. You fucking paying attention? I missed it. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Chauncey was barking. That's okay. That's okay. Right. So the irony of the song is he wrote it sort of about nostalgia before he had. Before he was nostalgic. Yeah, Yeah. before he even had a license to be nostalgic. And you know what? It's funny because rock and roll has a history of that. I mean, how old do you think Steven Tyler was when he sang, Every time I look in the mirror, all these lines in my face getting clearer? He was like 23 years old when he wrote Dream On. And Why now shouldn't you be able to? You're a storyteller, that's right? That's right. You're just telling stories. It's not necessarily about you. That's why you know, Billy Joel comes used to come under fire for writing songs like about Vietnam. Like, you were in Vietnam, man. It's like, well, yeah, but I, it's not about me. It's I'm writing a, 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 I'm telling a story. I'm writing it in someone else's voice, which you're allowed to do. Anyway, and, and, in, in a way, it's more impressive. I mean, th- I wouldn't call, call Summer of 69 like uh, one of the top, you know, 100 songs of all time, not even, maybe top 500 or whatever. But it, but it, like I said, it did what it set out to do. It's a, it's a, it feels nostalgic. It's a song about nostalgia. And, you know, it, it works even though it's sappy, you know, s- standing on your father's porch, you told me that it lasts forever. You know, that, that, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's what, that's what the you summer know, is, you know? Okay. Yeah. It's in that long vein of artists like um, like Bon Jovi and Living on a Prayer, and yeah. you know, guy, they're trying to be Springsteen, but they can't, right? So they can't yeah. be Springsteen, but they're telling stories about what it's like, you know, growing up and and you know, having passion about things. And what's wrong with that, right? It works. Nothing. Yeah, it's not Springsteen. I get it. It's not Dylan. It's it's never going to be. Right, Brian Adams had a better career than P- he'll never make the rock and roll hall of fame. Right. We know that. Is He's that true? Cool enough. Is that true? No yeah, way. I guess. He won't, he okay. won't make it. Although on the record, if you just look at the number of hits he's had, 
I yeah. mean, and the number of Grammy awards or whatever. I don't know how many he's had, but I remember him being nominated for a bunch. Put together a hell of a career. Oh yeah. Right? No, he's got he's got more hits than you can count. He's he's been more um, hits than Sadahara O. <laughs> thank thank you, Beastie Boys. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. That yeah. I love no, that. No, he has anyway. he's ruined his career by having horrendously sappy ballads. I mean drippy like um uh, I do it for you know. Remember everything, everything I do. I do it for that Robin Hood song, yeah. whatever it was. I mean, that's you know, you lose credibility for things like the Rock and Hall of Fame when you when you drip right. that heavy. I and he went it. for it. All for love and my oh. parole. <laughs> and that was, yeah. Like, yeah. that was yeah. bad. That was really bad. That was it. Was bad when he did it. It was bad when you did it. Let's do it. All for <laughs> somebody. Somebody had the idea. So what some dude thought he had the greatest idea in rock and roll history because do you remember who he Adams was one of three on that tune do you remember it it was him well, oh Sting Sting and Rod Stewart right 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 and, oh jeez and it was the they were the three musketeers that you got three guys <laughs> and they're singing this oh my god yeah it was so bad but you know so, the album that Summer '69 was on. That was that album, Reckless. Reckless. Yeah, I loved that album. Oh yeah. That, what was the name of the duet that he did with Tina Turner on that album? It's only love. At, at the fantastic time, song. That might have been my favorite duet of all time. Yeah, she uh, like, she crushed it on that song, and so did he. She for a while she was that, like, "Cue that up right now. I want to hear that." All right, sir. Um, yeah, she for a while. He, he, she was the queen. I mean, for what people who haven't been around as long as you and I don't realize, Tina Turner could do no wrong. Tina Turner was like Beyonce, right? Before Beyonce right, right, was Beyonce, right, yeah, yeah. she was the the queen of everything. And her voice, her face could kind of stop a clock, but her voice was no. unbelievable. Um, I'm I'm calling it up. This she this, ripped this song. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. remember, like, and, and it was hard for him. He couldn't. He almost sounds like he's not supposed to be there when right. she starts singing in the song. But it's a great riff. Yeah, this is the live version, which I think will be okay because you'll kind of catch the, the power. They played it live? I didn't know that. Yeah. She's bringing... Here we go. It's really cute, you know? It's really good also. This must have been her concert, right? Right, she's calling him out. Yeah. We did a song together called... It's only love. All right, here we go. When the feeling is ending, there ain't no use pretending. Don't you worry, when it's only love. If your world has been shattered, there ain't nothing else matters. It ain't over. Badass, yeah. And, you know, he had that scratchy voice where it sounded like he was going to hock a loogie any minute, but he yeah. never does. Yeah. We got it. And here comes Tina. Give it to me, Tina. Yeah, here it comes. If your heart has been broken, heart was up and spoken, it is only love. And if your life ain't worth living, oh, yeah. This was a great song. Yeah, I agree. So, Brian, I mean, we're a little Brian Adams appreciation moment here. Well, I'll, I'll tell, uh, you've already heard my Brian Adams story, which is really more about my brother than me, but I'll tell the, uh, the quick version for our, our listening public since we're on the subject of Brian Adams. Saw him in Worcester um, in, uh, I don't know, 1990-something with my brothers. And Brian Adams did this thing that I've never seen anybody else do where he, he told people that were in the cheap seats to come down and actually be right up at the stage, right? So me and my right. brothers had shitty seats. We ran all the way down. 
And um, the security guards made us go back. Brian Adams called us back again. We ran down again. Like, shitty little wimpy Canadian Brian Adams is, like, trying to start this riot. And so it was hilarious. And then the the, the show ends, and we, you know he's coming out for an encore, except he this time he comes out at this little satellite stage at the other end of the arena, which nobody even noticed was a stage. So it's almost like he's playing a little club stage. And he pops up there. And me and my brothers are still on the, the kind of the concert floor because we ran down there. So now we run over to this other thing. And now we're right up against the stage of this, this you know, it, Worcester is a, is a real legit stadium. Not stadium, but whatever, arena. You know, it's, it's a pretty big house. And he starts calling people up onto the stage to dance with him, including my brother Adam, who was 17 years old at the time and had a mohawk. <laughs> and eventually... Uh, Brian Adams st- st- notices my brother on the stage, starts to play guitar. My brother Adam faces him and starts air guitaring, as and the two of them are parallel. My brother's air oh. guitaring, but it it was it was surreal. It was like it was like a mo- it was for a moment. Adam was like in Brian Adams' band. I mean, playing air guitar, but nevertheless, that's a beautiful thing. That's yeah. all I could do. I'd be happy with that. And uh, for now, this was in the days before, sadly, before smartphones, cell phones, or, or you know, nobody recorded this and. My brother spent uh, a decade walking around flea markets hoping someone had a bootleg videotape of a particular <laughs> Brian Adams concert. <laughs> never found it. Never found it. Lost. No, and, lost. And history. never will. Sorry, never bud. Will. I know. I know. Well, I think we did good. Good list. Summer '69. All right. Well done. Yep. yep. Um, so thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast, everybody. He's Milt. Milt, anything you want to plug? You get you 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 playing down at the Laugh Factory in Poughkeepsie or something? Or uh... I'm gonna plug the Yankees 12-1 victory oh. over the Rays this afternoon. Oh, they already won today. That yes, they did. And I'm gonna plug uh, the United States Postal Service. <laughs> did you know they're the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up? Apply today at USPS.com/backslash/careers. Thanks for sponsoring the show, USPS. And thank you, Michael Milt Wolf. You're a good man. Anytime, I, don't, I don't care what we'll do they another. say about you. You'll be back. Oh, you'll be huh? back like a bad smell. I'll be back. back. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or a colleague or really anybody. If you like your own podcast, go to pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, and come visit us at our Westwood Studios. And let's get started. On behalf of Michael Milt Wolf, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Summertime. Summertime. Or you could be from Canada. You could be Brian Adams. Yeah. Everything I do, I do it for you. Later. You hoser. (laughs) All for love. (laughs) That was really bad. (laughs)